And he was ruddy and beautiful of countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is the one. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. A man after God's own heart. When God chooses people to serve him, sometimes we would scratch our head at his choices. Because they're not the kind of folks that we would choose if we were the Lord. God chose Moses. And Moses had a speech impediment. He stuttered, he stammered in his talk. God chose Jacob. And Jacob was a deceiver. And he was a liar in his early days. God chose Abraham. And he was an old man. Weak and frail and somewhat feeble. God chose Naomi, and she was without a husband. God chose James and John, the sons of thunder, and they had explosive tempers. Maybe they had red head, I don't know. God chose Peter, and he was a braggart and a boaster. God chose Jonah, and he was prejudiced. God chose Miriam, and she was a gossip. God chose Thomas, and he was a skeptic and a doubter. God chose Martha, and she was a major league worrier. But the Bible says God chose these people. He chose these people to be his instruments to perform a service to him that would bring him glory and do good to others. He chose them deliberately. And he chose them to prove a point to you and I tonight who make excuses why we can't serve the Lord. What was the point? Well, every time you ask a Bible question, the Bible will give you the answer. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 through 29. Listen to what Paul says. For you see your calling, brethren, how not the wise of the flesh how not the mighty, how not the noble are called. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The base things of the world and the things which are despised has God chosen. Yea, these are the things that God uses to bring to naught things that shall be. That no flesh should ever glory in his presence. Now as we begin the life of David, we see in 1 Samuel 16 that Israel needs a king. Their first king was Saul. He's the king right now. Saul is everything the people said they wanted in a king when they said, God, we don't want you to be our king anymore. We need an earthly king. And God said, well, who do you want? They said, we want someone who's tall and handsome, Lord. We want someone who's wise and athletic. We want someone who is, who is 
humble and kind. We want someone who is well-liked and popular, the people love. Lord, that's who we want. We thank you for all that you've done, but we don't want you no more. We want a human king. And God answered their prayer. God answered their request. He gave them Saul, who was all of that and more. But Saul had a flaw. Saul would not listen to God. This tall, handsome king, this wise, athletic king, this humble, kind king, this well-liked king that was popular had a fatal flaw. He was a rebel. He would not listen to what God told him to do. When God said, Saul, do this, Saul wouldn't do it. When God said, Saul, do that, Saul wouldn't do it. He understood what God said. It wasn't an understanding problem. It was a heart problem. Saul, once again, was a rebel who wanted to do his own thing. And he did. And God got tired of it. And so God sought another king. Another king that would listen to what he said and do what God said do. A man who would have a heart that would obey God. What does such a man look like, I wonder? If God asked you to find a president for this country, what would you look for? What are we looking for now as we're in an election year? God doesn't care about the outward, and nor should we. God looks at the heart, and so should we. But what, what about that heart is God looking for? In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, there's an interesting verse. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. God is looking for people who have a heart like him, who have a heart for him. He's looking for people who have a perfect heart. Now that word perfect doesn't mean without flaw or fault. That word perfect that talks about the kind of people that God's looking for comes from a Hebrew word that means committed, compliant, obedient, submissive. When God looks into the heart of people that he wants to choose to use, he looks for people who are obedient, who are compliant, who are submissive, who will do what they're told. A man after God's own heart, the kind of man that God calls and uses, the kind of man that God wants, pay attention, is a man or a woman that will obey him. There's no substitute for obedience when it comes to God. A man who is simple, a man who's humble, a man who will give his best to do what God says. 
obedience. Not money, not muscles, not magnetism, not mental prowess, not a mover and shaker, not some musical talent. Obedience. That's what God's looking for tonight at Miles Road Baptist Church. He's looking for men and women just like you and me who will simply obey Him. Because in obedience we have a heart like Him. I want to talk about very quickly tonight Three areas were when God looked into the heart of David and chose him to be the second king of Israel, and many believed the greatest king Israel would ever have. What kind of obedience was God looking for in David as he was about to anoint him to be the next king of Israel? Well, first of all, I believe it was obedience to worship him. In Psalm 105, verses 1 through 5, the psalmist writes these words, Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him, sing psalms unto Him, talk you of all of His wondrous works. Glory you in His holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in His strength, seek His face evermore. Remember His marvelous works that He has done his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Psalm 105 is talking about worship. And David obeyed God when it came to worship. David loved to be with God's people in God's house of that time on God's appointed day of that day. David loved to be with God's people on God's appointed day of that time and God's appointed place of that time. David loved the Lord. Because he loved the Lord, he loved God's people. Because he loved God's people, he loved God's church. And because he loved God's church, he loved to be with God's people in God's church worshiping God. No church attendance doesn't save you. Church attendance doesn't make you any more holier and righteous than somebody who doesn't come to church. Church attendance doesn't give you a special place in heaven that somebody else may not have. But what church attendance does, ladies and gentlemen, when you make a choice to obey God and come to His house and worship with His people on His appointed day, what that shows is your heart. And God measures you and I by our heart. You make a statement by being here tonight. Do you know that? And that statement is, I want to have a heart that longs for God. I want to have a relationship with Him. I want my heart to be a heart of obedience when it comes to worship. I wonder if the Lord was looking... For someone who had the heart of obedience today, would he find many in today's church? Many pastors, they don't want to be in the pulpit anymore. Sunday morning, that's about it. They close down Sunday night, they close down Wednesday night. So if God was looking for a pastor today, 
who's obedient to his call to worship, he would be hard-pressed to find some, wouldn't he? He was looking for a people to call his own, a people who would worship him, a people who would have a heart for him. He would be hard-pressed in many places to find them because many people don't want to come to church anymore. The Bible says as the second coming of Jesus draws near, we ought to be in church more often. And as we see the second coming of Christ looming ahead, people don't want to come to church anymore. Every excuse in the book's given, why not to come? May I submit to you, if the Lord was looking for a, a pastor after his own heart, he'd have to look hard today. If he's looking for a people after his own heart, he'd have to look hard today. If he's looking for a church after his own heart, he'd have to look hard today. May he find it in me. May he find it in you. May he find it in his church. David was chosen because he had a heart of obedience to worship God. Secondly, he had a heart of obedience to follow God's word. In Psalm 19, verses 8 through 10, the statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, the righteous altogether. More to be desired than the gold, more to be desired than fine gold. Sweeter than honey, and the honeycomb from which it came. Israel needs a king. It's a nation in decline. It's a nation that's ripe for the enemies to take it out. Are you listening to me, Americans? Israel is in decline. Israel is ripe for the enemies to take them out. Saul's leadership has been pitiful. He's a little man. He's incompetent. And God's looking for a leader he can put over his people who will have a heart for him. A heart of obedience and worship. A heart of obedience toward the word of God that Israel might stop its decline and might begin to protect itself and fortify itself from the enemies that are coming. David was a man who knew the word of God. He spoke of it. He showed it. He shared it. He obeyed it. He lived it. He sang it. The word of God was precious to David. And David knew God because he knew the word of God. He knew the will of God because he knew the word of God. The Bible says of itself, it's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. David knew the word of God. And he spent time, much time, reading it and studying it, thinking on it, meditating on it, remembering it, sharing it, and living it. See, that's what God wants. People who will just live by what they know, and what they know comes from the Word of God. We're living in a day when our country is in decline. 
the enemies of America are rubbing their knives together. They're like wolves ready to pounce on sheep. And we have little men in office. Little men who are weak and incompetent, who will not listen to God. And so God is looking for a man that he can put in office. That's our responsibility to make sure that we know who that man is. Who will have a heart for God. Who will be obedient in worship. Who will be obedient when it comes to the Bible, the scriptures. God's looking for such a man. He found it in David and saved Israel. Whether he will find it in our country remains to be seen. Because many people don't know the word of God anymore. Many of us know what somebody tells us the word of God says. Many of us know what tradition says, what experience says, what our feelings say, what our opinions are. But there's a famine in the land, there's a famine in the church on thus saith the Lord. That's why it was so refreshing to be at the men's conference and four men stood up and opened the book and preached it. We don't have preaching anymore, do we? You'd be surprised how many people come and say, you actually preach. (laughs) I said, well, what else am I supposed to do? Maybe I'm supposed to do birds. Maybe I'm supposed to shoot basketball. What what is a preacher supposed to do? He's supposed to preach. And yet today we got monologues, we got speeches, we got rhetoric, we got talk. The Word of God should be taught and preached that the people of God can learn the Word of God. And in doing so, have Bible knowledge to replace our traditions and our 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 opinions and our feelings and our experiences that so many people trust in that are not true. David, he was a man who had a heart of obedience. And God said, I can use you. He was obedient in worship. He was obedient in his knowledge and study of the word of God. And he was obedient, thirdly, to love people. You know, the Lord was asked by one of his antagonists to summarize the entire scriptures of his day. The man really didn't want to know their answer. He just wanted to put Jesus on the spot. And he said, Jesus... You know the scriptures. You know how people flatter you when they're setting you up to put a knife in your back. Oh, Jesus, you are a master. You're a great teacher. We all know that. You use the scriptures so frequently when you speak. Oh, Jesus, tell us. Tell us. We want to know. We want to know, Jesus. What is the summation of the word? He didn't realize who he was talking to. 
He was asking a summation of the Word of God from the Word of God. And Jesus said, I'll be glad to answer your questions. Love the Lord thy God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. Vertically. Horizontally, love your fellow man as much as you love yourself. And in doing so, you will fulfill the law of the Scriptures. And David knew that. David had a love in him. It sometimes wasn't seen, but it was always there. Just sometimes you had to look a little hard to find it. David loved the Lord, and because David loved the Lord this way, he loved people that way. And that's what God was looking for, a man who would be obedient to worship, a man who would be obedient to the Scriptures, a man who would be obedient to love people just like God loved people. David never desired to hurt anybody. And he had every opportunity to do so because there were some people that were antagonists and attackers against him. Do you know Saul was a murderer and he tried to murder David? And David, we know from the scriptures on two occasions, could have finished Saul off. And he chose not to do it. Mephibosheth was a crippled man. But he was a descendant of Jonathan. David could have just said, listen, I don't got time to fool with this crippled heap of a man. I know what I said to Jonathan, that I would bless his ancestors. But Jonathan's dead, he's not going to know. And this fellow's just a pain in the neck. He's going to cost me a lot of money and give me nothing in return. But David loved Mephibosheth. And he brought this crippled man into his palace and he instructed his servants, you take care of him. I made a promise to Jonathan that I would take care of his ancestors, and he's an ancestor of Jonathan. You take care of him. Put him in the royal clothes. He'll eat at the royal table. Carry him in the royal litter. You take care of him. Shemai was an abuser. He called David every name in the book, profane and vulgar names, as David went by. David could have ordered him killed. In fact, one of his bodyguards said, Your Highness, do you want me to shut this man's mouth? I can stop his mouth by taking his head off his shoulders. And David said, Let him go. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a fool. Abner was a traitor to David. I could go on and on and on about the men who abused David verbally and physically and otherwise. And David, with a heart that was filled with love that came from God himself, forgave. He didn't argue with these men. He didn't gossip about them. He didn't smear them. He didn't plot to hurt them. He didn't fight them. He gave them to God. He said, God, I'm going to love you, and I'll let you take care of my enemies. Wow. Wow. Do you see what God's looking for, ladies and gentlemen, as we begin this series? 
He's looking for our people. He's looking for you. He's looking for me to have a heart like him. He doesn't care what the outward characteristics are. He's looking into the heart of you and I, and he's looking for a person or a people or a church, if you will, that will be obedient to him. A church that will say, yes, sir, reporting for duty and do what he says. People who will worship him in obedience. A people who will obey his word in obedience. A people who will love one another and love all people in obedience. A people who will say to God, Here's a blank sheet, Lord. Whatever you write on it is what I will do. Are you a David? Am I a David? Are we at Miles Road a David? Are we individuals? Are we a church? Of no excuses, no alibis, no detours, no delays, no arguments, no halfways, no redefining, no pouting, no rebellion, no ignoring. Are we a church of obedience? Just obey. Just obey. I close by telling you a story you've heard many times perhaps, but I think it's a good way to close. In World War II, the Nazis, in their blitzkrieg through the Soviet Union, gobbled up a lot of territory, captured a lot of towns, killed a lot of people. And as the Germans were advancing through the Soviet Union in the, in the summer of 1941, they came upon a town in the Ukraine where everybody had fled except one old fella. And he met the Nazi war machine as it was entering the city with an axe in his hand. He met the Panzer III's and the Panzer IV's. He met the German infantry. He met the SS by himself with a hatchet in his hand, an axe. Well, you can imagine what the German soldiers thought when they saw this one solitary man against hundreds of them and their armor and all of their weaponry. They laughed and they laughed and they laughed. They surrounded the old man. They mocked him. They joked at him. They laughed at him. They picked at him. He stood firm chest out, his head up, and his hatchet in his hand. Well, finally, one of the officers came, looked at the old man and said, well, what are y'all doing with him? Let's end this charade. He called for two of his soldiers to bring a branding iron. He called for other soldiers to grab the old man, and they took him down. And there, pinned on the ground, the Nazis took their swastika, 
and they branded that swastika on his hands. And they led him up. And the captain looked at that old man and said, You now belong to Hitler. You can go. The old man got up and brushed himself off and looked at that swastika and picked up his hatchet. With defiance in his eyes, he took that hatchet, raised it up, and chopped his hand. He said, my hand may belong to Hitler, but my heart belongs to Russia. And I will serve my heart. Who's got your heart? Because God wants it. Who's got it? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed.